Boo. I waited all morning. I waited all morning to do that. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Uh, <clears throat> Tuesday, I don't have to look at my calendar today. Tuesday, October 31st. Uh, the day it snowed in Minneapolis, where I live. Snowed, well, late last night into the morning. Snow, snow on the trees. I mean, this, for children, this, this is like the high holiday. It is Halloween and the first snow. And kids around here are just losing their minds in all the most positive ways. Happy Halloween, Rob. How are things in uh, somewhere snuggled outside of uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas? No, uh, out of uh, <laughs> Springdale, Arkansas. Somewhere outside of Springdale, Arkansas. Yeah. It's been a while uh, since I've done the Springdale, Arkansas reference. So yeah, you know, I feel pretty uh, good that I even remembered that. Yeah, it's uh, it's cold. It's cold. We did not get snow, but uh, we we had our first hard frost overnight, uh-huh. and which led me to say to Vanessa this morning, the frost is on the pumpkins, which is I think the only line to that uh, poem from oh. third grade that I remember. Um, but it's book character day uh, at uh, at Whimsy's elementary school. Um, like Which means all the kids get away from Halloween language and say, yeah. I dress up as a book character and yeah. promote reading and at the same time. Exactly. And, huh. uh, you know, which means all the kids basically just dress up in whatever their Halloween costume is and, you know, uh, retrofit huh. some kind of book to it. You know, huh. you got your little Spider-Man outfit. You can find a Spider-Man book in the library, you know, or whatever. So, but whimsy. Whimsy is not one of those kids. Oh, Whimsy went as yeah, she went as Joe from Little Women. Do you have to search that up for that for the uh, particular uh, outfit? Outfit (laughs) style. uh, You know, it's helpful that her mother runs a uh, a vintage store on Etsy and uh, sells stuff because you know she was able to. Make it happen, but I, it, it's mind-boggling to me. We've come a long, long way from the, you know, garbage bag costumes with the, uh, you know, yes. mask with the one little, very right. delicate little piece of elastic with those, had the little metal pieces on the end, you know, and it would go yeah. through the holes. Remember that? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh. Put your face back when America was great. Yes, yeah, I totally remember yeah. that. Yeah, and you know, I, I never did. I think when I was a kid that I would someday continue to be trick or treating, um, taking my kids trick or treating because my parents never took me trick or treating. Were uh, they know, opposed I'm, to it? I know you were raised n- in a religious, with a um, religious. Uh, no, n- no, they were not opposed to it. Shockingly. Hmm. Um, you know, we, but it was like a night of, of yeah. it was just a free for all. It was, yeah. Yeah. you get a pillowcase and you and parents go. were nowhere to be found. We're Gen X, Doug. This is, this is how totally. we were raised. Oh my gosh. Totally. We should, we should, we should do a whole, just uh, a, just uh, a Gen X oh, we uh, should. approach to life thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes, so did you should. have a, did you have a favorite Halloween uh, outfit that you remember uh, dressing up in? Um, not particularly. I remember we had the, 
maybe the encyclopedia was too expensive for us. I'm not sure. So we had child craft books. I don't know if you, if you remember those, um, no. but we had the child craft books that would have like, you know, well, I don't know. They were like an encyclopedia, but there was a Halloween section and they would have like suggestions on um, making Halloween um, outfits. And, you know, one of them was always like the, the hobo, um, which is just, you know, that's a that feels like that's a thing that has gone by the wayside, right? The hobo with the Honestly, stick. Honestly, I don't even know you can say that. I can just see people just <laughs> like, clicking off, unsubscribing. Am I getting us kicked off of YouTube right now? I mean, for using some kind of slur. Um, unbelievable, you. Yeah, uh, you know, I would yeah, typically the bag with the stick and the little white bag yeah. tied on the end of it. Yeah, yeah. sort of. Yeah, yeah. Hitting, hitting the road yeah. like. Yeah, with a guitar strapped on your shoulder and your (laughs) little little sack. Uh, Yeah, loved Halloween. Absolutely, my favorite was taking my pillowcase and using that and getting it filled up, and then coming home, dumping it out, and going back for more. Wow, yeah, for sure, because it was so heavy. You're like, I can't keep carrying this. I've got a pit stop back at home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Did you have to do the thing where if you got any fruit? Uh, you would have to let it sit out um, and for a couple of days before you could eat it. Uh, for some reason, there was all this fear that there were razor blades. Razor in blades in the apples. And yep. even as a kid, I was like, <laughs> if you cut an apple with a razor blade and stick, there's going to be a big hole in the apple. <laughs> no one is sliding a razor blade into an apple. Yeah. Like these myths that were around. I know. And, yeah. and nobody's... Some- Nobody's putting drugs in the candy. Like, they're just not. Oh, it's so Uh, funny. Can I I give you a hot take? I'll give you a Halloween hot take. I got a Halloween hot take for you. Please. That's not our hot take. No, I'm just cheering cheering you on before you get to hot take. I got a Halloween hot take. Okay. You know what I think is one of the worst things that churches do? Trunk or treat? Trunk or treat. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yes. Is get that a out of thing? Yes. Get oh, out of is. your dang parking lot and get into your neighborhood. Yeah. Like, we don't need you to have some, like, there we go. And there's my hot take. We don't need you to have, like, some safe place where you can all gather yourselves and pull yourselves away from your community. No. Get, your neighbors, the people you're supposed to love, are coming to your door. And the best way to love them is to, I don't know, have good candy to give them. Not the <laughs> Stop. not Stop not party. have like the 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 light off because you've gone to your church parking lot for your insular th- like oh trunk or treats at churches. Hate it. Hate it. Rob Ryersey, hating hating on trunk or treating. I have seen people doing trunk or treating like the weekend before Halloween. So like not in competition with, but really it's seen as an alternative to it. Like, Hey, we already did that. You can just stay home tonight and we will, you know, have have the popcorn as a family. When I I have have two memories of, of Halloween that are, that are etched into my mind and somehow in some karmic way, I feel like they're related. Second grade. September 17th, I fell out of a tree about 60 feet, bounced to the ground, broke my arm, and shattered my right femur. That put me in traction for a while, and then a body cast. This is what they would do. 
How old are you in second grade? Six six years old? Seven? Seven or eight. If I got out of school, seven years old. So it's 1973, somewhere in there, right? Body cast from my chest down to my right toe. I'm at home. I live in an apartment complex at the time. And these young, like, college, maybe post-college guys lived in our apartment building. They knew that I was unable to go trick-or-treating. So they dressed up and had a picture of me and went trick-or-treating on my behalf. I'm still emotionally moved by this. And I got four bags, four pillowcases full of candy. That's amazing. Then I get a chance to share them at school uh, with all the other kids. It was just the best. Because I had to be tutored at home. Like, it's in a body cast for three months. I mean, honestly, this is why my, you know, my right hip's a problem to this day. Then sixth grade, we're out trick-or-treating. We got a full suitcase bag, or a full pillowcase bag. We're just rounding the corner, going to head back home to drop it off. And these con kids that live up around the way, I know who it was, they were like four years older, come busting out, me and Steve, grab our bags and no! steal. Stole. No! And I'm st- I still have, like, I can feel it. Uh, I can feel it about that. So somehow, you know, once I, once I learned about, uh, you know, the cruelty of karma, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I got all loaded mm-hmm. up in second grade. And then sixth grade, someone comes and takes it all away from you. Yeah. Mm. That's why I want to be a mm. Christian and not live in a karmic world where it's just payback for some, That's you know, right. where everything's got to balance out. You get a little something and then you lose a little something. I don't want that. I don't, I don't think I that's what karma that. means, but okay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. You know, pay, pay a little attention. <laughs> so, have I ever told you my, have I ever yeah. told you my absolute worst trick-or-treating story? I, I hope not because I, I feel like I have something to look forward to now. Yeah. Uh, so Vanessa and I got married. We, when we were 21 years old, um, a couple months after our, our wedding, um, someone, uh, it came to be Halloween time and someone in our relationship might've suggested, you you know what we should do? We should go trick or treating. Someone in Uh, your relationship? You, yeah, you, that would be that'd be me. one of the two. Okay, I thought, I thought it was maybe <laughs> yeah, another yeah, person yeah, like you yeah. had a no, thing. No, no, no. It might be me going like, we, you know we, what we should do? We should go trick or treating. Sure. So we're like, but sure. we're twenty one years old. We're living in we're living in downtown Scranton, Pennsylvania, and uh, so we're like, okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna dress all in black, and then we had a couple of masks, like these kind of acting, you know, theater masks that Vanessa had from being in theater. So we'll put on those and like, we'll just, we'll just go and, you know, um, it'll be fine. So we head out to trick or treat and, you know, you get up the courage to go up to the first door. Cause like, this is a weird thing that you're doing as a, as an adult going to people's house and getting candy that's meant for children. Um, so we go to the door and, uh, we stand, we ring the doorbell and we stand there and, uh, they open up the door and say, come on in, come on in. What? (laughs) So we step inside and they say, well, what do you do? Like, what do you mean? What do we do? What do you do? In Scranton, Pennsylvania, um, oh, they take it seriously. You have to you. This is like I don't know some regional thing. You have to perform to get your candy. You can't just show up. 
Like you have to do, you have to do a trick to get your treat. And, uh, we made it to, I think three houses before we realized like, oh, this is a thing. We're not doing this because we didn't want to like talk and give ourselves away as being adults. Tall sixth graders. Oh man, just the worst. The worst. We we're trying to just incognito get a little bit of candy and head home, and instead we were invited into people's homes and deeply embarrassed because we had no idea what they were talking about when they said, "What do you do?" When my daughter so we, was in was in fifth grade, there was like a school. Mind. Yeah, do a mime trick. Mm-hmm. There was a school dress-up party. Yeah. And we somehow were under the impression that it was an adult dress-up party, too, as the chaperones. So we show up. <laughs> I can't remember what we were wearing. Something big. Like, maybe I was Herman Munster and Shelly was Lily. Something like this. Like, outfits. And we're not really costume people. But we show up at the school fully decked out. And no other parents are dressed up. And it is to the horror Amazing. of our daughter, whose Amazing. friends are all like, why are your parents dressed up? Like, what are they doing? This is not for parents to dress, you know, just unloading, yep. you know, and we're like, oh, we're not going home. We're dressed up. We're going to live it up. Yeah. Amazing. Yes. Speaking of, time. you know, speaking of people who are dressed up when nobody else is, reminds me of my all time favorite Halloween uh, picture, um, which is a picture of Katie Porter dressed as uh Batwoman um, (laughs) in the the halls of in the halls of Congress, the only member of Congress dressed up in costume because she's the best. Before we get off of uh, off of Halloween, which now we've been at it for nearly fourteen minutes, uh, I saw this little this little bit of statistic here about the Halloween candy uh, that's most preferred in the country, and like so many other things in this country, there are regional variations uh, that. Uh, candy sellers keep track of. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know it's hard for people to see the entire screen, but if you Google like state candy, and this is from 2021, by the way, and in Arkansas, where you live, Rob, still yeah. Arkansas, right? Um, yeah. Jolly Rancher. Uh. The Jolly Rancher is the number one selling candy around okay. Halloween. Okay. Uh. Maybe people like it, or maybe they honestly just think this is the cheapest way to give kids candy. These are the smallest little pieces we can get. You can give them three or four and, and, you know, dollar for Uh. dollar Uh. or, uh, we're saving money where I live here. It's a Tootsie pop. Yeah. I I like a Tootsie pop. I'm, I'm surprised because there's a regional candy maker here called Pearson's and they make the Pearson salted nut roll. I would have totally thought that would have been, uh, that would have been it. Well, you grew up in Pennsylvania, right? In I grew Pennsylvania, up in Ohio. 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 Blow pop in Ohio. Oh, yeah. I like a blow pop. Blow too. pop mm-hmm. in Ohio. Uh, yeah, what about have, Pennsylvania? I know. Uh, well, we'll get to that in a minute. I forgot that's not where you grew up. Uh, <laughs> have, have we met? Uh, in Florida, Alex, Reese's peanut butter cup, which I oh, still think yeah. is the nation, probably all oh, in all in the nation, yeah, yeah. number one. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. When somebody oh. f- tripped and fell and they got their chocolate and somebody else's peanut butter and oh. created that. that Two candy. great tastes that go great together. Two great. <laughs> in, in, in California, Reese's peanut butter cups. Yep. Yeah. Hey, we should think yeah. of ourselves as like the Reese's peanut butter cup of yeah. political I, commentary. Yeah. <laughs> Two great tastes. <laughs> Two great tastes that go great together. Uh, all right. Pennsylvania, no surprise. Hershey's miniatures. 
Yeah, of course. Ahead of Hershey's, where, where we have spent, uh, I feel like maybe more than one uh, Halloween. Uh, I haven't been home for Halloween in five years. Uh, this is the first time I've been home. For yeah, Halloween. you know, we were I, my Facebook memories uh, a year ago on Halloween, Doug. We um, we were in Pennsylvania looking at a billboard outside of Pittsburgh yep. that uh, we had placed. And then we drove over to Cleveland where I got to attend a Cleveland Browns game on Halloween. Oh, that was on Halloween. And yeah, a year ago, watching the Cleveland Browns beat the Cincinnati Bengals um, in one of the best football experiences of my life. Well, hey, congratulations. Uh, hey, worst Halloween candies reported by oh, candystore.com. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the, how they get yeah. to worse. What do you think number one is? Do you, do you know already? Uh, Did you look at the graphic? No, I, I can't we should read let the people, graphic. Yeah, we should let people guess in the uh, in the comments. Tell us what you think the worst one is. I, I think this is going to be this is going to be fairly. Uh, I think it's going to be fairly obvious. I, mean, I shouldn't say it. Well, no, totally should. Um, candy corn. Yeah. <laughs> Have you heard Lewis's black bit on candy corn? He's a comedian. No. Oh my no. gosh! Just just Google today, just for the fun of it. Okay. Lewis Black on candy corn. There was when my kids were growing up. There was a uh, there was a maybe it was Nickelodeon or something. There was some some tv network for kids that in the like in the little brief station things between shows or commercials they had a little thing where they would have a character who would sing i don't like candy corn i just don't like candy corn you know sort of anytime i think about candy corn i hear that little jingle yeah, it's in my for head. sure only popular because of its appearance because it sits out it's got the orange look mm -hmm. it's in the shape yeah. of corn it just it just fits the it's the deal the 10th worst though is black licorice so somehow candy tenth corn worst. is so much worse 10th worst yeah yeah 10th worst all right yeah is that uh hey here's another little uh piece of interesting stuff the number of people in the United States who believe in ghosts mm, has really high. gone up. Yeah, it's yeah. really gone up. It's uh, 32% believe in ghosts overall. 19% aren't sure. In my book, Rob, that's the same thing. If you're not sure if there are ghosts, <laughs> you believe in ghosts. <laughs> like the, question, the question shouldn't be, do you believe in them? The question should be, do you not believe in them, right? <laughs> yes or no? Yes or no? Ghosts aren't real, right? <laughs> Radio? Right. Right. And I wonder how many people conflate this with afterlife. What do you think? Like, hmm. you think people, hmm. I, I don't know. I just feel like there's something in this whole thing about ghosts. But by age, it changes a lot. 18 to 29. So we're not talking about children. We're talking about people who are somewhere near full brain development. 18 to 29-year-olds. 45% of that population, 35% of people 30 to 49, you get to the, you know, later Gen Xers, the 15, it's down to 27 and 65 year olds, the lowest number, 22%. The older yeah. people get, the less they believe in ghosts. I, I, and I, I, like I don't know if that's cultural or yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see these numbers side by side with, do you believe in aliens hmm. or the moon landing, Rob? Or a number of, of other things that somebody might may or may not believe in. Or if the FFC Yeah, all these things that are fake, right? We're talking about things that are fake. <laughs> yeah, Ghosts, aliens in the moon landing. The efficacy of black hole of uh COVID uh vaccines, you know, all the stuff. Oh, oh. Uh, uh 
No, not just you. <clears throat> Even though I might be hinting that he could get into a long conversation with Rob about uh, <laughs> the moon landing. <laughs> hey, um, uh, on the important. Careful, uh, Doug. You're going to get us kicked off of YouTube yeah, again. <laughs> yeah, totally. Hey, I'm trying to find the important the important one here. Um, on the uh, on the important front, uh, the war in Israel and our mm. and Gaza is horrible. Mm. Yeah. Um, and uh, I know ha Halloween is not an international holiday, by the way. It's not celebrated everywhere. People don't do Halloween trick-or-treating and all this stuff. They have different days for different things. Um, but if there was a, you know, if you don't believe in ghosts, but you believe in hell, it's raining down on people in Gaza and it's horrible. And look, all wars finally end with people stopping the bombing. And the, so may we get to that sooner rather than later. And whatever else is supposed to be accomplished, could we please find other ways rather than dropping munitions on top of buildings and killing people. It's just, I don't know, 8,000 or more people in Gaza have been killed, 1,500 people or something in Israel killed on the attacks of October 7th. And it's just, you know, it's just horrible. And and I, I don't know, I, I have zero hot takes on this thing other than, yeah. you know, I'm glad people are paying attention now in this current age to the conditions of the Israel and Gaza, like I see a lot of newsy articles like, hey, what's going on and who are these people? And, you know, a short recap on uh, 150 years of international interventions and meddling around in in government, you know, establishment of states in, in the Middle East. And it's, it's a long-term mess that is riddled with a lot. And now it's spreading all over the world. The amount of anti-Semitism, the danger to Jewish people around the, the world is so high it's really yeah. really just horrible yeah it's um yeah there i mean there's no there's no good things to say about any of this i i, I think you know m my position is that i think it's completely consistent to say that the attacks by hamas on um, israeli people is absolutely horrible the um, response by Israel has been absolutely devastating. Uh, the 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 anyone who criticizes Israel getting labeled as anti anti Semitic is uh, unfair and egregious. The anti Semitism is horrific i it man doug i just feel like there is no and this this one feels like i i, I, I me personally i just feel like there's just no good guys and bad guys in this one like it is just yeah. it is just tragic all the way around and the way it's <clears throat> the way it's being used to foster division is really disappointing now, we take a step back and kind of dehumanize it for for a moment, which is difficult to do. Um, we do that and look like I look at it at, from a political perspective and think about like the very strange realigning of political mm -hmm. loyalties that are happening in this. Like it's this is one that's cutting in very strange directions, very weird directions, creating, um, 
you know, allies and strange bedfellows, um, you know, as people line up either in unconditional, unqualified support for Israel or unconditional, unqualified support for the Palestinians. And, and it, it, it is the, the ability to have some kind of middle ground of like, no, this is horrible all the way around and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. innocent Israelis and innocent Palestinians should not be being killed. You know, like that, I, yeah. I wish there was more, wish there were, I, I wish that ground was um, more uh, accessible. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I mean, that's the thing. Look, yeah, it, finding good guys and bad guys anywhere and figuring out, you know, yeah. whose side you should be on is, is just folly nearly yeah. anywhere in the world. Yeah, yeah, for but sure. There are vi- but, but there are victims yes. and, and there's terror and that also happens on both sides. So, and the thing about war that keep, it prevents people from doing the things that they otherwise would want to do, which is to say, it's really, really tragic that children and other vulnerable peoples are being disproportionately harmed for us to accomplish these other goals. Like Israel can't say that. The United States won't say that. No one will say these things. We kind of talk around it rather than saying, we're doing something that we think has to be done because we're out of other ideas. And it's wreaking havoc on individuals and generations of people that are going to be marred by war. To be clear, this area has been marred by war constantly for a very long time, but this is of a different scale. And this is just full on demolishing of parts of Gaza as it was, as it is in Ukraine. Um, Like, and, and this stuff, like, there becomes this, like, once we shift into war mode, then it's like, well, they have a right. And you just kind of lose perspective on being able to say, of course, it's horrible, the terrorist actions of October 7th and unspeakable in some ways. I've watched news anchors literally turn to tears hearing reporters uh, say what they've seen or videos that they've watched. And what's going on in Gaza right now. You know, I think about Ilhan Omar. She had this passion plea uh, last week saying, where is our humanity? Like, let's <laughs> just talk about all of it. But yes. you get the, you get put in this box where it's like, well, they have the right to do it. And that's not the point. The point is whatever we're doing as the United States supporting or Israel acting is causing death and destruction and just unthinkable trauma and damage. And if we could all own that and we, and this is going to go on, until it's we tell people choose to stop it. So it's not as if I, I and this I'm gonna just break this point for a moment. Yeah. It's not as if it's like we're just waiting for some natural cause to change. We're just waiting for the sun to rise. We're just waiting for spring to come. Like, no, we're not just waiting on it to be over. A set of conditions will be met and then we will someone will say we now need to stop the bombing. We now need to stop shooting people. That's what's going to happen. So that's just a, that, that is a fact of the matter. And the choice of when that is, whether it's today or day after tomorrow or a year from now, those are choices being made. And we shouldn't allow ourselves to get into a point of being like, I don't know, we're just waiting for the bread to bake. That's not what's happening. And rooting out Hamas, I I don't even know what the standard for that is. And this, our country knows like, 
yeah. how do you finally decide you the can. conditions on the ground have have come to the point that you, you should now stop whatever military actions are? And look, there's people trying to draw the United States into this, and maybe these militias coming from Iran, so it could get could get horrible. Yeah. And it's causing people to not remember what's going on in Ukraine and on the continent of Africa where there's wars going on. But mm -hmm. every war is a failure of imagination and co combined with some kind of wickedness. And at some point, people make choices to start them and to stop them. So yeah. I just want to put a, a, yeah. a tick mark in the box of human agency in all of this and not and for us not to act like we're just being thrown around by the winds of war. Yes. Yes. Well said. Well said. Now, as you know, all of this plays out, um, um, the United States political system is, you know, drawn into it, obviously, and uh, really poses first major situation for um, Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, who has apparently um, is bringing to the House uh, a proposal for military aid to Israel. $14 billion worth of military aid. Um, now, the interesting kind of little caveat with that is that Mike Johnson wants this $14 billion of, of aid to Israel to be, quote unquote, offset by $14 billion in cuts to the IRS. And particularly, the cuts come the IRS is using money uh, from the um, Inflation Reduction Act to build a system, an online system where people can pay their taxes, not using TurboTax or H&R Block or those kinds of things. And this proposal from Speaker Johnson um, specifically targets that program, that that like online program of people being able to file their taxes um, directly with the IRS rather than having to use, you know pay for an intermediary service um, that that program is specifically targeted by this Doug this is this is frustrating for a couple of reasons um, one because um, you know there is no there is no opportunity for discussion about about where the U.S. loyalty should be in the midst of this. It's just a fait accompli that, you know, we're going to send billions of dollars to, to Israel. It's frustrating, too, because uh, Mike Johnson promised a, a clean bill uh, for this, um, but it, it has been muddled with, um, you know, this, you know, this political jab at gutting the... Um, in, uh, Inflation Reduction Act, uh, which is one of Biden's victories. Uh, it also is muddled with the politics of the IRS. And it's really frustrating, three, because we know this money doesn't need to be offset. Yeah, that's right. That's not the way it works. Right. It's mm -hmm. not, you know, that's why we have sent billions of dollars in aid to the Ukraine. No yeah. one ever asked, how are we going to pay for it? Because that's not how any of this works. Because the federal government creates its own currency. And especially when it's spent in other nations, it's not going to impact inflation no. in the United States in the way no. that, that the domestic spending is going to. Unless there it's being spent on U.S. military 
yeah, assets. There is, there's no need to say, okay, if I spend this hundred dollars, you know, on Halloween candy, that means we're not going to have a hundred dollars to spend on, I don't know, groceries this month, mm -hmm. you know, like that's not the way it works with the federal. You don't have to take $14 billion away from the IRS so that yes. we can send it to Israel. It's not the way it works with the federal government. But what they're doing here is they're, yeah, they're negotiating. He's not doing it for any purpose, economic purpose. He's doing it just as a negotiation tactic, which yeah. is also it's just utter political theater, utter, utter madness. Um, yeah, but look, as someone who has bought my insurance, health insurance through the exchange, mm -hmm. I'm not sure I really feel all that confident in how the <laughs> U.S. government version of TurboTax is going to go. This, this uh, is true, because uh, TurboTax so, is uh, slick and the exchange dude, struggles. Dude, it is unbelievably slick. Yeah. And it keeps all yeah. your stuff. And it's like, how about last year and this year? And bop, 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 yep. bop. And yep. you're uh, anyone who would use a system like that. Some people have more complicated tax tax situations, and we hope a lot of our listeners do. And if that's true, please head to votecommongood.com and find the donation link. If you smash that donate button, if you're if, if you if if TurboTax isn't sophisticated enough for you, please consider us in your charitable. Here's how I I always feel like Doug. I always feel like TurboTax is not sophisticated enough for me but I don't make enough money to not use it. <laughs> right? Like totally. I always feel like I always but, feel like boy, I feel like I'm probably either, either leaving money on the table or you know, going to get myself arrested. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I don't make enough money to like, yeah, you know, hire somebody about to me. do this. <laughs> they're worried about me. Uh, but I will say, hey, after we launched Vote Common Good, it was the first year I ever got audited during the Trump administration, and I was a little shocked at that. Not a full audit, but like a thing on on automobile expense. I was like, seriously? Um, you know, I think it was just coincidence and probably not karma or Trump interference. Hey, Dean Phillips. Dean Phillips. My, my representative. Our friend. We had coffee with Dean Phillips in yeah, Washington, D.C. A, a common good candidate in all the ways. Yeah. Has decided yeah. that... Um, he should run for the Democratic nomination for president. Um, yeah. it, it says that this is a news article from Fox News saying Dean Phillips presidential campaign, quote, baffles fellow Democrats and the media. But he insists in multiple interviews he's not running against Biden, despite challenging him for the nomination, which I do believe him on. He's not running against Biden. He's running because he says more than 50 percent of the United States population wants a choice. And mm -hmm. I totally get that. Yep. Uh, I, I wish, and you and I, I think, are in the same camp on this, that every person who runs wouldn't take it personally, nor would the system, when somebody else challenges yep. for that job. We should just normalize that and not make yep. it into some sort of, you know, yep. house of cards drama that yep. someone wants to run. And look, is Dean Phillips going to get more Democrats to vote for him? to be president than are going to vote for Joe Biden as the Democratic nominee? No, no, of course not. But would everybody feel better if they were making a choice? I think so. <laughs> you yeah. know? I yeah. Mean, there's... And if Democrats would just get around it and be like, okay, we're just going to choose. And when we choose Joe, then here we go. Uh, now, had Joe done the thing, which I thought he was going to do, which is say, I'm a one-term president and transitional president, that would have solved the whole set of things. But <clears throat> that's not what happened. And now this is the... This is the hand we're held. 
And I look, Dean Phillips thing is probably not going to make it through January. I can't imagine. I mean, if Mike Pence and others have dropped out on the Republican side, just too expensive, <laughs> just too expensive to, to keep up anything of a viable presidential yeah. campaign. And, and Dean's, you know, he has money at his disposal, but I don't know that you want to be spending it on a bunch of political consultants and, you know, buying political stuff. So it makes no sense. Baffles me as well. Yeah. So I, a couple of things. Um, uh, so Dean Phillips uh, has been just getting absolutely destroyed on Twitter oh. uh, for, his, um, for his, his campaign. And, you know, as Kimberly notes in the, in the comments that Steve Schmidt is his campaign manager, uh, much of the Steve Schmidt who helped to found the Lincoln project, much of the, and, um, and was the one behind Sarah Palin being the running mate for John McCain, uh, John McCain. So don't, yeah. don't, you know, consider the, consider the pedigree. Yes. Um, so the, uh, the, it, it's interesting that much of the vitriol against Dean Phillips online has come from the Lincoln project. Um, so it makes me wonder if there's, uh, you know, some bad blood there with a, a former team member. But so much of the criticism of Dean Phillips has been, this is, this is, you know, Dean Phillips hates democracy, you know, it, you know, his running for president, you know, makes it easier for Trump. And therefore, you know, he's, it, you know, he's anti-democratic. All of these anti-democratic, anti-democracy arguments about Dean Phillips, like it, it's lit, time out, time out. Democracy is when people vote on yeah. who they want to be their leader. Having a choice is not anti-democratic. Listen, Joe Biden is the president now. He is not entitled to continue to be the president. He's, right. It is not his presidency. If he cannot make the case yeah. to the majority of Americans in the in in the 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 needed electoral states to sufficiently secure the presidency it like that's on him it's totally. if if joe biden loses it's not dean phillips fault it's not rfk junior's fault nobody's vote is owned by anybody other than the voter and if Joe Biden or any other candidate for that matter can't make the case to enough people of why yeah. they should be voted for, that's on them. It's not it's not Jill Stein's fault that Hillary Clinton lost. It's Hillary Clinton's fault that Hillary Clinton lost. If you can't make the case, like it that's on you. And if if Joe Biden cannot make the case that he with all of his experience all of his expertise, all in his track record, if he, you know, can't make the case that he is more deserving of being the Democratic nominee for president than a, uh, you know, a, uh, a relatively unknown uh, nepo baby congressman, who, frankly, I, you know, I say this criticize. Yeah, okay, you know, all take, of his, all of his monies come from his parents, right? Like I. I'm big. I, and I like, baby? what does Nepo baby mean? Yeah. Nepotism, nepotism, baby. Wow. Oh, what what, what, I what just happened there? Did you see those, did you see those balloons? Yes. What happened? I don't what know. The other that? day, like a thumbs up floated by, I truly have no idea how that happened. What that wow. is. I, I didn't, I wasn't touching anything. 
just a series of party balloons went up. Maybe somebody made it, makes it happen on the internets. I don't. Why didn't it happen to me? Why did it just? Why did you solely get it? Anyway, so I don't know. I I just think that um you know, it, listen. If Joe Biden it and if being challenged in the primary um, yeah. causes him to yeah. lose, um, you know that that's on him. Yeah, look, on him. if if Joe Biden can't pivot. Dean Phillips running for the Democratic nomination in the insider Democratic Party selection process. If he can't rally that into more success for him, then we have an ineffectual uh, campaign afoot, yep. right? Come on. Yes. It's, it, 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 who cares? Uh, not but should we be uh, talking about alternative candidates? Yeah, for sure. And not act like it's look. If somebody's like, "Oh, I really wanted Dean Phillips to be the nominee, and now he's not the nominee, so I'm now not going to vote for Biden." He's not running in the general election. He's running for the nomination. There are some people who will run in the general election, try to be on the ballot in certain states, and they could have an actual impact on a choice that a voter makes, because we don't. And I would say, happily use ranked choice voting in the, uh, uh, in, in the United States. And, and I bring that up because Alex asks a question. Hey, Doug, have you changed your view on ranked choice voting? Uh, I think it has merit. Well, I'm not, I certainly, Alex would never tell you not to believe it has merit. Just tell you, I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, because ranked choice voting, as each, each voter picks their top three vote uh, people that they want to vote for. And it's just, Silly. It's just silly. It, it doesn't even, it doesn't even produce anything better. It, it just, nowhere does it actually make a difference anyway. So that's I not think, our problem. I think Alaska and Maine might be a, you know, I don't no, the, the, look, those, the, the, the independents who used to be endorsed by parties and then got unendorsed and then ran in a ranked choice voting and then what they would have just used another mechanism had there not been ranked choice voting. It wasn't, Ranked choice voting just simply happened to be the thing going on. It wasn't the reason the cost for it. But we should do an entire uh, hot take on uh, on ranked choice voting for someday. And and it's not because I don't think that ranked choice voting uh, that the, the the desires for more participation in in our in our um, in our uh, voting apparatus and in our country's democratic systems matter. Of course, it does. But what it does is it gives more choices to the people who already vote. And our issue is not that people who already vote feel like they don't have enough choices. The issue is not enough people are engaging in the process and telling them, oh, okay, here's how it works. Vote for three. And then if your first one doesn't win, then we roll it to the second one. And then if your second one doesn't win, then we roll it to your third one. And how happy are you actually going to be that it was your third one and not your first one? Because whatever bothered you the first time about only being able to vote for one, that's really all you got to vote for anyway, because the third one that you voted for was the one who was always going to take in 50% more. So it was just Kabuki theater. My take. Maybe that's all we need to do on a hot take for, uh, for, for ranked choice voting. Um, but there are a couple of other things happening, uh, Rob, uh, and we'll stay on the speaker. Yeah. Uh, we'll stay on the speaker speaker front over there at uh, at Fox News. They really got themselves riled up about um, yeah. Uh, yeah. about Jen Psaki Psaki uh, saying that uh, she was bothered by Speaker of the House and his statedly Christian nationalist views. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, they have a big article here that says Jen uh, Psaki uh, bashes GOP Speaker Mike Johnson for being a religious fundamentalist, in quotes. And she and then and then she has a then the article has a quote that I pulled out from Mike Johnson, current Speaker of the House, saying, it's "Mike Johnson, I'm a Bible believing Christian." Okay. Mm-hmm. Boy, I'd love to spend a little time with him there. Mm-hmm. Sell all your possessions and give them to the poor. Do you believe Jesus when he said that? Oh, mm-hmm. or did he only say that to one person and not to all of us? But thou must be born again. He also said to one person, not all of us. But you take that one as a universal, and you take the sell your possessions and give them to the poor as a one-off. Particular. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Let's, uh, let's keep going on our Bible-believing part. I-, I wish he was. I'm a Bible-believing Christian. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I do all kinds of stuff that I do right now. Uh, And then he said, he goes on to say, someone asked me today in the media. Great. I mean, just the rhetoric style, right? Not a reporter asked me, someone in the media. You know how the media is. He's saying this, by the way, to other people in the media. Someone asked me Mm -hmm. today in the media. They said, well, it's curious. People are curious. What does Mike Johnson think about any issue under the sun? And I said, well, go pick up a Bible off your shelf and read it. That's my worldview. That is stunning. That is stunning, stunning. Let let me just finish this thought. Can you imagine any of the Bible-believing Christians who are applauding that? What if Representative Ilhan Omar had said, what is my worldview? Pick up your Quran and read it. That's my worldview. They would freak out. So if they say, well, the Bible's okay to have as your worldview, the Quran is not, that's what we mean by a Christian nationalist perspective, because you default that the Bible is good and other things are not for these purposes of guiding your worldview as a lawmaker, as a lawmaker. So this kind of thing is all of our Christian nationalism work that we uh, have been up to is all of a sudden more front and center than ever, that the, the highest ranking position in the House of Representatives is held by someone who is a proudly stated Bible as my worldview Christian, and that's what should influence my role as a public servant in my job as a congressperson and as the Speaker of the House. Incredible. Incredible and not shocking at all. (laughs) I, I mean, listen, if you're shocked by this, you're not paying attention. This is not out of the ordinary rhetoric that would come in in any evangelical church in America. This is the type of thing that you would hear said in from a pulpit, said in a small group or a Sunday school class, said in a in a Bible college or a seminary. Hmm. I mean, all over the country, you will hear people say things like I mean, so the <clears throat> I mean, what I was taught was that the Bible is the grid that you that you view the world through, not the other way around. I mean, it's it's I mean, it's the exact like it is. This is this is the I think the thing the reason why Jen Psaki is getting so much heat for her comment is it shows that she has no idea what is happening in 
in the churches where millions and millions and millions of Americans are gathering every week. I mean, I hear Mike Johnson speak and Mike Johnson could be on, you know, the the board of directors of any Christian school in America. He could like he could be a deacon at any of the Baptist churches that, that I grew up going to. Like this like this guy is he's right out of the pews. He is yeah, he's sure. ex- th- but, like Rob, this I will is say but most people have believed that when it comes to your secular work even people in that bible believing as my worldview don't say well what's my view on chemistry as a chemist or what's my view as a surgeon or even what's my view as a school teacher is not limited to pick up your Bible. And that's what I think about any particular issue that could uh, confront me in my job. I even think... Bible believing Christians differentiate uh... the facts that they know that are particular to their occupation and work in the world versus their worldview that permeates their approach to the world. No one, no, no even a, Look, if you were hiring a custodian at a Christian school and you said to him, hey, just want to talk to you about what you think about the cleaning. And they said, hey, pick up your Bible. That's going to tell you what I think about cleaning. People would be like, I need you to like dig a little deeper here on like how you think we should what we should do for the buffing system for the floors (laughs) over by the gym. No, like that's what makes this shocking. So I, I, I hear you that. Yeah, there's a bunch of people who talk like this, but those same people who talk like this don't say this in job interviews. They don't say this when they're the CEO of a company. I promise you, the people running, uh, 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 what's what's that craft store that uh, some, Hobby Lobby, Hobby Lobby, are not standing in front of you know uh, owners and 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 uh, investors and saying. I mean, all we do is just use, you know, the 66 books of the Bible and occasionally throw in a couple of the apocryphal books. And that's what we think about things. That's that's our accounting principle. Of course not. Like, this is the thing that's shocking about it is that he's now confronted with what are your views on many issues that he says this was a question asked to me and I defaulted to the Bible. That's that is a version that I don't know. I think you're not talking about your standard evangelical church at all that someone see, would I, talk about I, it in their professional capacity. I you think, think so? you huh? are. Yeah. I think, you know, when in a summary, what do you, yeah, CEO, what do you think about leadership? My leadership principles come from the Bible. You know, what do you think about, you know, any of these, like I, I, yeah, the, I no. think you're good. Yes. You're going to get those answers. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Yes. No, they're, they are, well, Look, they are fundamentally different. No one's getting that job. If you say to a CEO, what's your view of leadership and what's your view of the structure we have? Well, I have a biblical worldview on these things. You should look at the Bible. There's no board that's going to say, oh, exactly. That's what we're thinking. Because we're thinking 12 tribes, or we're thinking a selection of apostles, (laughs) or we're thinking maybe we'd have some prophets, and we're thinking maybe— No, they wouldn't. This is Uh, just virtue signaling— yeah. Most are people. you more? But I are tell you, you. Are you the more pro- in the anointing with oil or the casting of lots? To so, are we going to only have the circumcised then be in the on the board here? Are we? They're yeah. not going to do that. And this is the problem: is that Mike Johnson 
took an approach that frankly is closer to the one that you're articulating where he's like, no, that's sufficient. And then I'm not saying you believe that, but the number of people who believe that's sufficient is a teeny number. Now, if what he's doing is virtue signaling to those people, that's one thing, but he brought it up. It's not even like, like he used it as an illustration to bring this up. It is deeply concerning. I mean, it's, this is, this guy's a problem. We have had conservative Christian leaders of this country for a very long time. Yep. No one has said this. Yeah. This is, I mean, this guy is a problem and he is, he is, as we said last week on Thursday, last week, a a kinder, gentler Jim Jordan. He's Jim Jordan with the jacket. But the, the, the thing that is really scary to me is his ability to connect with the, uh, with the, I think there's a percentage of Christian nationalists out there that are less angry Mm-hmm. and maybe more scared that, you know, you like mm-hmm. um, that the Lauren Boberts and the Marjorie Taylor Greens aren't going to be, be able to connect with because they kind of appeal to the the angry Christian nationalists. Sure. I think Mike Johnson is going to uh, is going to appeal yeah. to I, mean, I haven't talked to my mother um, about him yet. I I, I would, I'd lay a hundred dollars right now that my mom loves him. Yeah. And look, I would just you suggest know. to you and anybody else listening, just say, do you think that should also be the response to people from other religious traditions? Do yeah, you think a Jewish a lawmaker should say, I'm just going to stick with Torah? Do you think a Muslim leader should say, I'm going to stick with the Quran? That's my worldview for my politics, for the job that I'm being asked to do here, the leadership that I'm going to give. I don't think people yeah. would be comfortable with that. And I think it will shock the system when they're like, well, yeah, well, no, of course not. And the same thing with school prayer. Like if you want to say that the, mm-hmm. the school teacher gets to go lead school prayer at the, with the football team, fair enough. If that's what you think. But then you mean also that a Muslim teacher should be able to lead prayer on the football mm-hmm. field, right? And if that's yep. your, if you're like, no, seriously, yep, everybody, it doesn't make any difference. We don't, okay then then, uh, then uh, yeah. at least you're being full-throated about it. Probably not what most people who support that stuff mean. And, and look, exactly. I'm someone who sued my school district as a high school student for limiting my access to, to you know, be Christian in my school in a way I thought mattered. But I also thought that people should be any kind of faith and the school shouldn't be telling us not to do it. It's the whole point of freedom and sameness. Hey, one more before we go, Rob. Um, yeah. the, uh, the Biden administration is going to be breathing a sigh of relief in that the uh, auto uh, workers union has uh, come to a, an agreement on three deals and uh, going to get a little feather in the cap and uh, 25% pay increases. And I think in some States, Michigan, Pennsylvania, this could actually go a really a long way. He's going to, yeah. uh, yep. or it's just going to not be a negative. And at this yeah. point, if you're in, you know, in presidential campaigns, that's what you're sort of looking for uh, yeah. on a lot of levels is things just yeah. not being, just not being bad. Um, yeah, when you're, yeah, when you're the incumbent, you don't want people in in major unions out on strike during yes. uh, during election time. That's not good. Um, you want people in states where they make automobiles, which includes Georgia and Pennsylvania and Michigan, and Ohio to be making tw- in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
doesn't matter. Uh, but at least the place, I mean, for, for, for the political outcome of anything, maybe the control of the Senate, Sherrod Brown. Um, you want those people, you want the story around there being people are making more money. Yep. You just, that's, that's a, yep. that's a good thing. That's just yeah, nothing for sure. Good. Totally. All right. Anything else we need to uh, talk? About? And it's curious. All of our comments today are on YouTube. Every one of them. I'm wondering huh. if if the stream is not working over on the uh, on the other uh, on the other services for some reason. I uh, while I was clicking around while you were you know talking at one point, I did see us uh, <laughs> streaming on X. So yeah, we never get a comment from X. Yeah, but we were streaming over there. So. We were. Okay. I, I don't know All about right. Facebook. When 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 you were also doom scroll doom scrolling during my rants, did you yeah. uh, happen over onto the onto the Facebook or Twitch platforms to see what was? Uh, I I did not. I was mostly just seeing if the Cleveland Browns have traded for a quarterback yet. And here at the trade deadline, how are we, how we doing? Today's no. the date, the trade deadline. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry yeah. for your loss. Please, please, <laughs> please excuse me. About to announce a political <laughs> campaign. <laughs> all right. I know you got to go. We've all got to go. All Happy right. Halloween, everybody. Uh, stay safe out there. And please, whatever you do, don't eat those apples. They could be got riddled, razor blades in them. With the razor blades. All right. Uh, hey, thanks to all of you on uh, Facebook. Alex, Jim, Kimberly, Love and Life. Love and Life always. Oh, my gosh. Look at that person's name. Love and Life always. Uh, Mike, uh, good to see you. Uh, there's a lot of comments uh, all from our, from our regulars over on YouTube, and we appreciate you so much. All right. Hey, uh, and if you listen just on the podcast, uh, keep your head up on that treadmill. You can lose your balance easy. All right. Is that it? Okay, bye.